Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. was there. 
And uh, man, I'm telling you, brother, uh, the Lord showed up that Wednesday night. He was just meeting with us and blessing us. And people were taking laps. And people could have swung from the rain. If they could have reached the rap, they'd have been swinging from them. I'm talking about God was just moving. Amen. The Holy Ghost was there. But instead of taking a lap, God sat me down. And remember, I just told you this is not my idea. And I told that man that that day, that exact day I told him that. And God sat me down. This is, it's amazing, the sovereignty of God. I've got work things out. He sat me down and he made me open my Bible to this verse. 1 Timothy, chapter number 1 and verse number 3. And Paul said to Timothy, Paul, Timothy's pastor said to him, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus. In other words, Timothy, God used Paul to tell Timothy where to go. Timothy was in Ephesus. Because Paul said, hey, Timothy, I think you ought to go to Ephesus. Right. I said, well, Lord, my pastor's not God. Things work different than they did back then. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a little different. I need more than that. Well, Brother Dean Magny stood up. And he said, I want to turn the Bibles to Acts ch chapter number 16. And this is the first words that come out of his mouth, Brother Josh. He said, I want to preach on Timothy and how he ended up where he was. Amen. <laughs> and I said, Lord, you've got to be kidding me. And uh, he, he read us this verse. Acts chapter number 16, verse number 10. And after he, talking about Paul, had seen the vision, immediately we, this is, this is Luke and Timothy and those fellows, endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called for us to preach the gospel unto them. And Brother Dean McNeese, he preached that night and talked about that. And he said, some of y'all are wondering what you need to do with your lives. He said, your pastor's got a vision. Our preacher has a vision for Albania. He said, your preacher has a vision for Washington. He said, you need to figure out which one of those you need to go to, and that's where God wants you to go. Amen. So that night, I surrendered to go to Washington State. God called me. He gave me Bible. He showed me out of the Word. He backed it up and preaching. God called me to go to Washington State. Amen. And I surrendered that night. Um, so we're on our way out there. My wife and I have taken one survey trip out there. We haven't settled on the place yet. There's one place I'd really like to go if the Lord will let us. Uh, it's called Wenatchewash, it's right central state. Uh, but we're going to see what the Lord will do for us. Y'all pray for us. If I can ask anything, we need prayer. Uh, our deputation has come to a screeching halt as of right now. Um, we just had our second child. He was 10 weeks early. Uh, he's been in the NICU ever since, so we've not been able to travel. Um, I've not been able to travel. I don't want to leave my baby there with my wife, number one. Number two, we have another baby that she has to take care of. And she can't go in the NICU if she's got him. He's not allowed in there. There's a lot going on. Uh, so it's come to a halt right now. So we need, I, I would ask you all to pray for us. Number one, that our baby will get out of NICU. It's the most exhausting, stressful things I've ever done in my life. We're, we live at the hospital right now pretty much. We go home to eat and sleep, and we go back to the hospital. Um, and he's doing fine. Uh, I can honestly say that, but he's just got some, a few things he needs to quit doing before uh, he gets out of there. So if y'all help us pray about that, and help me pray that God will put me exactly where he wants me on my deputation. I want to go to the right churches, Brother John. Amen. I don't Amen. care if that's Portman or not. As long as it's where God wants me to go, that's where I want to go. Amen. I want to go to the right churches. I want to end up in the right town in Washington. Amen. I, want, I want God to do something with me with Amen. my life in Washington. So y'all help us pray, please. I, I'd appreciate it. I, 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 man, I love the Lord. And I can't believe that God counted me faithful put me in the ministry. I Amen. can't believe it. I don't deserve it. I'm a fool. I'm all men most unwise is what I am, Brother Josh. I'm a fool and a simpleton. But God has called me to do something. And I want to do it for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. 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 Y'all pray for us. Anyway, let's turn our Bibles to Psalm chapter number 42. Amen. I'm going to grab my water real quick while y'all are turning. Psalm chapter number 42. Amen. I love y'all's pastor, by the way. Let me say that. He is a friend of mine. and I didn't know I was the first person to talk to him. And I like hearing that I was a help to somebody. I, I do. Not in a prideful way. I just like knowing that I can be a blessing to somebody. Amen. That I can use. Amen. That's an honor. And I, I appreciate your pastor, and I love his pastor. His pastor is one of my favorite preachers Amen. in the world. He's, I was ranking them the other day in my head. Not that you know you should compare men, but I was like, man, who are my top five? And I promise you, Brother Joey made it in there. And I'm not just saying that because I'm standing. I love Brother Joey. Amen. Amen. Uh, anyway, Psalm chapter number forty-two. 
We want to read the whole psalm. It's only 11 verses. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept holy day. Verse 5, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, and of the Hermonites from the hill Mazar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. But yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God my rock, Why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me. While they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for today. Lord, I thank you for all the many blessings that you've given me. Yes. Father, how good you've been to me, Lord. I, I, can't, I can't begin to thank you, Lord God. And, and thank you enough for what you've done for me, Father. I thank you for this opportunity. God, I thank you for calling me, Lord God. I thank you for putting me in the ministry, God, for using me. I thank you for Brother Josh and him allowing me to stand behind his pulpit, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray, Holy Ghost, that you would help us tonight out of your word. Father, give me wisdom to rightly divide the word of truth, Lord God. Give me strength and power, Lord God. Father, give me the energy I need to do this, Lord Jesus. And we'll bless your name, Lord God. Let me be a blessing to somebody in here tonight, Father, through your word. And Lord, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Sinned against the Lord, and even if you have, you've repented, you've tried to restore that fellowship. 
God, I, I don't know what I, I don't know what's going on here. Why can I not find you? The psalmist was looking for the Lord and could not find Him. And I, as I said, I've been there before. And I was reading this psalm and, and, and God just spoke to me and helped me out of it. And, he, and I, I said, Lord, what, what am I supposed to do when I can't find you? You, you know you wonder that. We, we ask God to walk with us every day. The Bible says acknowledge the Lord in all thy ways and he'll direct thy paths. But what do you do when you acknowledge God but he ain't talking to you? Father, I, I'm acknowledging you. I'm asking you what you want me to do. Right. But you won't tell me. And y'all hear me. I'm not blaspheming the Lord. That's not what I'm saying. But Lord, I don't know what you want me to do. God, I don't know where you want me to go. God, I, I'm having a hard time right now. I, I have no peace. I have no joy. Things are going on in my life where I feel like my life's a wreck right now. God, and I'm looking for you and I need you, but I cannot find you. That's where this psalmist was. The Bible says his tears were his meat day and night. The Bible says that they asked him, even, and not only was this psalmist looking for God, his enemies were wondering where his God was. This wasn't just him. He wasn't just in depression in his cause. His enemies were even saying, hey, Ain't you a Christian? Where's your God at? That God you're always praying. Where is He? I want to know where He's at. Yeah. His enemies were saying that's what the Bible said. So not only was this man just wondering where God was, it was so obvious that he didn't know where God was that other people were asking him. Hey man, where's your God at? You serve God, don't you? Where's He at? And have you ever felt like that before? You ever, have you ever felt that way? God, I don't know where you are. I'm reminded of Job in the Bible. He talks about he looked in one hand and looked to the other, looked in front of him, looked behind him, and everywhere he looked, he could not find God. Right. <laughs> and that's what I want to preach on for just a minute. What do I do when I can't find God? Amen. What do you do, Brother Josh, when you can't find the Lord? Amen. I believe that the psalmist laid some things out in this text to do whenever you cannot find God. I believe that with all my heart, Brother Josh. I believe that even if you can't find God, you can still serve God. Even if you can't find God, you can still trust God. Even if you can't find God, God will still work in your life. And God will still be good to you. And you can still live for the Lord. You don't have to quit when you can't find God. Just because you go a week and haven't had the Lord talk to you, don't mean God's done with you and don't mean you have to be done with God. That's not the way this thing works. Amen. God just wants to know if you'll believe Him. If you'll trust Him, Brother Josh. If you'll, just, if you'll be there for Him even when it feels like He is there for you, but even when it feels like He's not. Amen. God loves you, folks, and God just wants to know what you're going to do when you can't find Him. Amen. Every one of us in here can make it. When we cannot find God, you say, I don't feel like I can make it. You can make it when you can't find God. By noticing these three actions that the psalmist took. I'm on. To me, they're in the text backwards, but it don't matter how you do them, we're going to do them anyway. Amen. The first thing you ought to do, and this is not alliterated, so y'all forgive me, but it's, it, the Lord help me with it. The first Amen. thing we're going to do is pray. What do you do when you can't find God? You just let God know you can't find Him. Amen. Lord, I don't know where you are right now. Look at verse number 8 and verse number 9. you are. God, I've been looking for you. I've been going to church looking for you. I've been listening to preaching, listening to music, looking for you, listening to the things of God, looking for you. I've been doing things that I want you, that you tell me to do, trying to find you, trying to find out where you are, trying to find out how you want me to do it, where you want me to go, and what you want me to do. God, I need you to help me. Just tell him that you need him, and God will eventually show up, Brother Josh. Amen. Eventually. The first thing I want you to say about this prayer is that it's honest prayer. Look at verse number 9 with me. I will say unto God my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Now, let me ask you this. Let's just say this is David. And let's just say that this is the man that wrote, I don't know how much, 85% of the Psalms? We'll go with that. I don't know exactly the number. But you mean to tell me that the man who wrote almost the entire book of Psalms, the man who was anointed by God to be king, honestly thought that God had forgotten him? He said, why hast thou forgotten me? But you know what David did when he prayed? He said, Lord, I feel like you've forgotten me. Why have you forgotten me? David was honest with God. 
He didn't go a roundabout way. He didn't make some fake prayer. He didn't try and sound spirit. You know what God wants you to do whenever you can't find Him? He wants you to be honest with Him. He wants you to let Him know what's going on in your life. God cares about you and He wants you to tell Him what's going on. He wants you to tell Him how you feel. Lamentations, put it this way, Lamentations 2.19 Arise, cry out in the night, in the beginning of the watches, pour out thine heart like water before the face of the Lord. God wants to know what's bothering you, Josh. He wants you to know what, He wants to know what's, He wants to know how you actually feel. He's tired of these fake religious prayers and these fake religious people. God's so sick of religious people that He can't stand it. These fake people that want to act like everything's okay in their life and nothing ever goes Listen, hey, everything is okay in your life, but if you feel like it ain't, tell God. Amen. God cares. He wants to know. He wants to know that everything ain't okay so He can fix it. He loves you. Quit being fake. I need to quit being fake. I'm fake all the time, Josh. It makes me sick to my stomach when I get down to my prayer closet and make some fake prayer. And it makes God sick when I make some fake prayer. Quit being fake with God. He cares. Amen. He knows anyway. Why are we being fake? I've got to take the stinking jacket off. It's about 100 degrees right now. Amen. God, God already knows how you feel. Yes, sir. Amen. The Bible says He knows the thoughts and intents of your heart. Amen. So if He knows that, why are you lying to Him? Right. Yeah. Amen. Yes, sir. Come on now. Yes, sir. Amen. Why are we lying to God? God killed a man in the Bible and asked for lying to him and a woman. And I know that's different. I understand that. But nonetheless, we're lying to God if we're not honest with Him. He just wants you to be honest, folks. Honesty, Brother Josh. Honesty. Pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord. You want to know something about water? Water's messy, Brother Josh. If I poured this water bottle out right now, I'd make a big old circle in the middle of the floor. We'll just go right here. It's messy. It gets everywhere. That's what God wants. He wants your mess. Amen. Yes. He wants your honest. Amen. He wants you to let Him know. Not only honest prayer, but earnest prayer. Why go out mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. David said, look, Lord, I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. And I need you to fix it. God wants us to pray sincerely, Brother Josh. Amen. He desires for us to mean it. Amen. Desires for us to mean it. We play with God in our prayer closets. We play with God in our prayer And I, hey, y'all, let me stand here. But I'll stand flat foot behind this pulpit and tell you I'm the worst one about it. I, I know I am. I'm one of the worst ones about playing with God in my prayer life. God don't want you to play. He wants you to mean it, Brother Josh. He wants you to care, God. He wants you to just pour your heart out to Him so He can answer your prayers and we can fix it. What's the first thing you need to do whenever you cannot find God? Just let Him know. Lord, I can't find You. And I sure do wish I could, but I can't. Not, well, Lord, I know where You're at and I think I know what You're doing, but no, if you don't know what He's doing, tell Him. Lord, I don't know what You're doing. If it's hard, tell Him. Lord, it's hard. If you're dry, Lord, tell him. Lord, I'm dry. If you're thirsting for him as a heart panteth after the water brooks, tell him, Lord, I'm thirsty. I need you. So he can start working in your life. Amen. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Amen. You can't find God and you don't ever get honest with God and tell him you can't find him. You probably ain't going to find him for a little while. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you prayed to God when you couldn't find Him? If you can't find Him, just tell Him. Man, that's what that's all I want. That sweet incense of our prayer, brother. That's just what He wants. Number two, the second thing I want you to see is uh, is in verse six. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, will I remember Thee? The second thing you need to do when you can't find God. It's just remembering. 
You need to start remembering some of the things that God has done in your life. Some Amen. of the blessings that God has given. Lord, I can't find you. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what's going on. But I will tell you what I do know. I remember July 25, 2002, when you came by my way and convicted me in a car on my way home. You came by my house that night and saved my soul. I remember that. Amen. I might not know where you are now, but I know where you were then. Yes, you yeah, 309 Lemon Street, Greenwood, South Carolina, 29649. I know where you were then. Amen. I can tell you where you were when I got called to preach in Chattanooga. Tennessee and what church you were at. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that when you can't find God, when you say, God, I don't know where you're at. Say, I might not know where you're at, Lord, but I know where you were. And I know you're going to come back in. Remember thee is what, is what the psalmist said. Yes. He said, I don't know where God is, but I know where God's been yeah. in my life. And God has blessed me so much yeah. already. Yeah. Hey, hey, just because you don't know where he's at, you start looking at the things he's done. Start looking at where he's led you before. You start remembering God, and God will start showing yeah. up, brother John. Quit moping. Quit whining. Quit going, Lord, 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 where are you? Hey, after you tell them, quit moping about it. Quit walking around with your head down and say, God, I might not know where you are. And it don't feel like you're being good to me now, but you have been good to me before. Amen. Amen. Remember thee. I will remember thee, God. I'll remember thee. I'll remember what you've done for me. I'll remember the goodness of God you showed to me. Amen. We are listening to McCamey's on the way over here. I like, I love listening to McCamey's. We were watching them on YouTube, and old uh, old lady McCamey, she'll get to waving that hanky. She'll start out, she'll outshout anybody in this room, I bet. I was watching that video. She kicked, she was all across the stage, started waving that hanky, uh, raising her hand. But you know, they were singing, I know how I made it. You know what she was doing? Hey, man, she started remembering how she made it and where she was. Bless God. Start remembering where you've where you been. Amen. And he said, I'll remember thee. He said, I'll remember thee from the land of Jordan. Now, I don't know what God did for Jordan, for David in Jordan, but I know what God did for Israel in Jordan. So we're going to say to David, and I, I heard a commentator say this, and it sounded pretty right to me. Started remembering what God had done for Israel back in the day. The stories that he learned at church, the things that he learned at church. And he started remembering him in Jordan. Jordan was God's deliverance. Yes. David began to remember that time that God split the Jordan and walked those and walked those those Jews, those Israelites across that Jordan River and brought them into Canaan land. He started remembering the deliverance of God. When you don't know where God is, sometimes you just need to remember the times that God came by your way and delivered you out of problems that you had that you had no way out of. Those miraculous deliveries, Brother Josh. Amen. Splitting a river. God started to remember. He said, hey, you can split a river. I know you don't know where I'm at before it's over with. Those times that God's delivered you, those times that God's paid those bills that you didn't know were going to get paid, Brother Josh. When God moved your family to Maryland and still took care of you. God moved you to Lexington and still took care of you. Those deliverances in, God, in your life that God has wrought in your life, start remembering those things and things will start perking up in your life. Even if you don't know where God is, you start remembering what God's done for you and you'll start to feel a little bit better. Those deliverances. God's defeats. In Herman, Joshua chapter number 12 and verse number 1. Let me find it real quick. I'll read it to you. Kings in the Bible that, that, that God defeated. Start remembering those defeats and let God work in your life. Remember that time that God delivered you from that sin. Some of y'all that did live out in the world. Some of y'all that did act like a fool. Remember those times that God delivered you from those things. Those sins that you couldn't have beat on your own. Those giants that had you wrapped up. That had you grappled down to the ground and had you about to submit. And God showed up and whooped those giants for you. And whooped those enemies for you. Start remembering those things. Those defeats. Not only God's deliverance and God's defeats, but God's direction. He starts talking about the hill Mizar. The hill Mizar is a small hill right next to Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is where God gave the law to His people. Start remembering those deliverances in your life. Uh, not deliverances, I'm sorry, directions in your life. Start remembering those times where you said, Lord, I don't know where to go and what to do. And God said, go here. Brother Josh, remember when God said, when you said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, hey, I want you to preach. Start remembering that. Amen. When you said, God, I don't know what you do. He said, hey, go to Lexington to take that church. Amen. Start remembering that. Brother Jason, when he started telling you what to do, when he said, hey, man, 
You said, Lord, I'm back in this thing. I'm new to it again. What do you want me to do? Is I want you to preach. And God started giving you direction. God started showing you out of His Word. Started directing your paths and leading your life out of His Word. Start remembering those things that God has told you to do. And let those things help carry you through this battle. Amen. Brother, brother, call. Well, start remembering. Whenever you can't find the Lord, when God said, hey, I want you to go start a church in Lexington. Start remembering when God directed your family over here and took care of you. Amen. Yes. Amen. No doubt, no doubt, brother. You pastored 58 years. Is that what I... 62 years you pastored. 62 years. No doubt you've gone through all of this. God's directed you. He's delivered you and He's defeated things for you. Amen. When you don't know where God is, just start looking back. Start, just start looking back. Remember what He's done. And sure enough, he'll come through. But if you start living on some of those things that he's already done, you'll be like, Lord, if you come through, you do. And if you don't, you don't. I'm all right. I'm on cloud nine right now. Start remembering. Remember me. I will remember thee. Y'all, I ain't gonna lie. And I'm not, please, y'all, I'm not making a soft score for myself. I'm fine. God's taking care of me. He's taking care of our kids. He's taking care of our family. And the Lord has been so good to me, Brother Josh, I couldn't stand here and tell you that. I, I'd be a liar and a fool if I stood here and told you I didn't feel like the Lord being good to me. Amen. One of the scariest moments in my life. Well, the two scariest moments in my life, let's be honest. My wife, she had what's called a percent of previous complication with the pregnancy. And, um, I don't want to get too weird, but when we were down in, we were down in Florida at a meeting, and we knew that she ran a risk of hemorrhaging. But they said, probably not a problem. Excuse me. We were down in Florida, but Mike Norman's meeting. Yes, sir. And uh, she started bleeding in Florida. Uh, so that was in Lake City. We went to the hospital in Lake City. They didn't have a, a, an OB at that hospital, so they had to ship us 45 minutes to Gainesville. Uh, when we got to Gainesville, that hospital didn't have the NICU that would be able to take care of our baby, so they had to ship us another 15 minutes to another hospital. And uh, we got down there, folks, and, and I'll just tell you, it was all bad news. It was. And, uh, and the doctor, he came in and he told us, he was like, look, I'm going to shoot you straight. And the nurse said it too. She said, I've seen one, home, one woman ever go home with this. And two days later, she was back in here having a baby. She said, y'all probably aren't going home. Y'all probably having a baby in four. Well, that was two months before the baby was due. At three months, and they say to shoot for the baby's due date is, is the time that you'll get home. This due date was on May 6th, and this was the first week in February. But the Lord saw fit to make everything okay. We spent 10 days in the hospital in Florida, and we were able to come home. We were here for about two weeks now. Uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, my wife woke me up. She started hemorrhaging again, but this time, uh, that time it was kind of bad. It was worrisome, but this time it was really bad. And one of the doctors down there had told us, uh, he said, look, he said, this is worst case scenario. And he told us the worst case and all kinds of, like, you can bleed out if we don't do this surgery fast enough and don't do this right and do that right and all this. And you could die, they could die. I don't know why he felt the need. Thanks, Doc, for telling us all the worst things that could happen, but he felt the need to do so. I wanted to slap him in the face when he got done. I was like, why'd you tell me that? I'm in Florida away from my family. Why are you telling me all this? And, uh, but God got us home, and the second time she started hemorrhaging, it was really, really bad. At 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm discombobulated because I just woke up from a dead sleep. I have a 2-year-old in my arms screaming bloody murder, freaking out because he don't know what's going on. Doctors are probing his mama. It's the scariest I've ever been in my life. And then they were able to deliver the baby. Everybody was safe. But, man, these past, we've been in the hospital now. Thursday will be six weeks. We've been in the hospital, and I can't complain. My wife is on the NICU page now and all that, and there are people that have been in there for 150 days, so I, I'm not complaining. But it's been one of the hardest six weeks of my life. The war slap hell. We wake up in the morning, and, and y'all, please, again, I'm not making a sad story for myself. God's been good to us. But we, we wake up in the morning at 8 o'clock. We go up there at 9, 30, 10 o'clock. One, the, one of us has to stay out and keep our other son while the other one goes back. And then we switch. We go home at lunch. We do some errands. We put the baby to sleep for a nap. We go back at 4. We stay there until 7. We leave at 7 because they kick us out. We do shift change. Then we go back after we eat and stay there until 10 o'clock. And we wake up in the morning and 
wash, rinse, repeat every single day for the past six weeks, other than when I worked at our church. Our pastor's been good. And <laughs> it seems like there's just no end. And I've started to ask myself, and what's crazy is there have been uh, other babies that have gone home that haven't been in there as long as ours have. Other babies that have been in worse shape than our baby is are about to go home. And thank God for that. We've been praying for one of those couples, and I'm hoping that they'll get to go home and realize what God's done and come to our church and meet with the Lord and get saved. We've been praying for them, trying to witness them. Amen. And I hope God doesn't work. My wife called me today, and she was crying, and she said, it's just so discouraging. Because they're getting to go home and their babies are not as heavy as ours is and in worse shape than ours is. And now somehow they're about to get to go home and we're going to have to be here another two or three weeks. And I start wondering, where, where are you in this? Why, why, why me? But then I start to remember. I remember for when I said, God, where are you? And I actually found out where God was. She got a medicine down there, a steroid, that helped our baby grow and make him the weight he was whenever he was born. That's where God was. And I started remembering how God's taking care of us, how God took care of us with our first one, how God put us together. I started remembering those things that God's done for me. And boy, it sure to make things a lot easier when I start remembering thee, when I start remembering those things He's done for me. God sure has been good to me. And if I can't find Him, Brother Josh, I can at least remember where He has been, and that'll Amen. help. Amen. It might not make you perfect, but it'll help. Sure, remember thee. Amen. And the last thing I want you to see, and I, I'm done after this. Verse number 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. Verse 11. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. You say, I don't know what to do. I can't find the Lord. I haven't seen the Lord. The Lord hasn't talked to me. He hasn't spoke to me. He won't talk to me out of His Word. He won't talk to me in a prayer closet. I have no idea where the Lord is, and I'm looking for Him. I'm thirsting after Him. What do I need to do? First thing you need to do is pray. Second thing you need to do is start remembering the things God's done for you. But the last thing you need to do is hope thou in God. You say, God, I don't know where you're at, but I'm going to hope in you that I'll find out where you're at sooner or later. I didn't say hope in your job. I didn't say hope in your home. I didn't say hope in your family or your friends, although those things are good. And although that God has given us those things, that's not what we need to be hoping in. We, we spend our lives hoping in our money and in our fame and in our fortune and in, our, in the things that we think are good. But that's not what God wants us to do. You know why God lets us wonder where He is half the time? So that we can start hoping in God. Amen. Hope thou in God. David started talking to himself. He said, hey soul, what's wrong with you? Don't you know God? Start hoping in Him. Amen. Hope thou in God. That's what God wants you to do. That's probably why we are where we are half the time in the first place. Because we've been got so complacent and so comfortable in our lives that we've started hoping in those things and forgot what God has done for us. But if you'll start hoping in God when you can't find Him, God will start moving in your life and doing things. Amen. The first thing you need to hope in is hope in God's opinion of you. Look at, look at this with me. I want you to see this with me. Uh, verse number 5, Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him. For the help of his countenance. That countenance is talking about God's face, God's smile. He said, I'm going to praise God because God smiles on me. Amen. You say, I don't know where God is. Well, just remember this. If you're a child of God, God loves you. He's smiling at you. <laughs> Amen. He's smiling at you, Brother Josh. He knows where I am and he loves me. And he smiles at me. I'm his son. And he smiles. He might shake his head a little bit when he smiles, but he smiles nonetheless. God smiles on you. He loves you. He has favor on you. If you're saved by the grace of God and you're one of God's children, God smiles at you. He's happy with you. He loves you. Hope thou in his help, in the help of his countenance, in God's smile. Start hoping in the smile of God on your life. Look at this verse here with me. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. He cares about you. Look at this verse, Psalm 106, 4. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. 
Oh, visit me with that salvation. God, if you're one of God's, He's got favor on you, folks. He cares about you. He loves you. You make Him happy. And it makes Him so happy when you start opening Him. Amen. Nothing makes me happier than when we got a, a, another little boy at home. Uh, he's two years old. He'll be two years old Friday. And boy, he is a terror of terrors, y'all. I wanna sometimes I wanna roll him up and punt him out into the yard. Hope he rolls into the road a little bit. I love my son. I do. I love him to death. And sometimes he's a terror, but nothing makes me happier with the Josh than when I'm sitting on the couch watching TV. And sometimes we'll give our son my phone just to let him watch a video or something like that. And uh, he'll watch a little kid's video of music and everything. He'll come right up to me. He'll press some buttons on my phone and mess it up. Nothing makes me happy when my son comes right up to me and says, Fix. Fix, please. Yeah. Fix. Boy, it brings so much joy to my soul to know that I can fix something for my child because I love him. I want to fix it because he's my boy, preacher. I want to fix it because I love that boy with all my heart and I smile on him. I smile about him. He makes, sometimes he does make me shake my head, but most of the time, I sure do smile at him. I sure am proud of him. And you know God sure is proud of you, child of God. He sure does love you. He sure does care about you. He sure does want to help you. And every day of your life, you might not feel like it, you might not know it, but you wake up with the smile of God on your life. I will praise Him for the help of His countenance. He's smiling at you. God's smiling at you. Oh, my brother Josh, he's smiling at you right now. He's smiling at me right now, preacher. I, woo. I can't do much to please him, but I sure am glad when I do. And he's smiling at me. Oh, he loves you. He cares about you. He has favor on his people, is what the Bible says. Oh, my. Y'all forgive me. Woo, I like knowing that God is smiling at me. We ought to be tearing the church down right now. Because the smile of God. Hey, we didn't deserve the smile of God. We deserve this ever-present frown. We deserve Him to kick us off into hell at 150 miles an hour. Hey, you don't deserve a blessed thing from God. And neither do I. But because of God's Son, God smiles at me. He looks on me. And He sees Him.
But God might not give you a Corvette, but God is going to make sure that you have joy in your life and peace in your life and that you have a smile on your face. He wants to be the health of your countenance. The health of my countenance. Philippians 1.6, everybody knows this verse, says this, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Romans 8.48 says that we know all things work together for good to them that love God. James 5.11, I, I, I can't quote that one, I'm going to read it to you. James 4 after Peter. James 4 Peter. <laughs> I always get that mixed up. I always feel like James is right before Jude because they're both so mean. James 5.11 Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of... Here we go. Let's keep on reading. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. I'm not always going to hope in the fact that God smiles at me. That should be enough. We ought to be good right there. We could... We could Stamp it down, close our Bibles, and go home on that. But not only does God smile on you, because God smiles on you, He's going to make sure that you're smiling before it's over and over. You say, well, what if my problems don't go away? Just because your problems don't go away, don't mean that you, can have, that you can't have peace and joy in the middle of it. That's right, amen. Yes, sir. You say, well, I'm, I, I don't even like talking about this. We're talking about all those folks with cancer. Well, what if that cancer don't go away? Well, by God, if it don't go away and it kills you and you're saved by God, you're going to be smiling before it's over. Yeah, right? That's a hard thing to say, and I don't like saying that because I'm scared to death I'm going to get cancer and die early. I am. It terrifies me half to death. But if I do, then God never makes it better. I know that He will be the help of my countenance Amen. when it's over and done. Amen. I'll be rejoicing in the Lord and Lord. So thank God. Amen. Hope that went God. I just wanted to get there, to be honest with you. I know I preached a little bit on the mothers, but that's what I wanted y'all. That's what, if nothing else, first pray. Let God know how you feel. Second, start remembering the things that God's done for you. You start remembering those things. You start singing songs like God's been good in my life. And I know how I made it. I made it by grace. You start singing those songs and rejoicing in the Lord, remembering what God's done for you and where He's brought you from and how good He's been to you. <clears throat> and not only that, but most importantly, hope thou in God. Hope in the fact that he smiles on you. Preacher, he smiles on you. You're his child, and he has favor on his people, is what the Bible. I love that verse. I want to memorize that verse. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. Hey. He bears favor to you. And because he bears favor to you, you're going to be happy before this is over another it might not be the way you want it to be. But you'll be happy before it's over and done with. We just, we uh, have, I have a, have, I say have. We have a family in our church, and their boys are dear friends of mine. One of them is about to be a missionary to Albania. He just got married Saturday. The other one, uh, one of the other ones, she's got three boys, and one of the other ones is about to, uh, He's going to be a missionary somewhere. I'm not sure where. I don't think he said or if he has. I just can't remember right now. But they have a third one. He's the oldest one. He's 20. He turned, uh, how old is he been? He turned 28, 27. That's right, 27. He's the senior junior day three weeks ago. Tuesday. Wednesday night he left church, went home, had a wreck on his way home and died. 28 years old. One of my dearest friends I grew up with. I don't know if you know Brother Tyre or not, Ty Hall, Sam's brother. He's one of my dearest friends I love. And I ain't gonna lie to you. And uh, I I was so heartbroken. He sat on the front row of our church and worshiped the Lord. Matter of fact, Wednesday night at church, the preacher that was preaching for us that night got him up to come pray. And man, some of the most glorious prayers I've ever heard and prayed was like that Wednesday night right before we got this morning. I didn't understand it. He's a good friend, Brother Josh. I loved him. He got on my nerves sometimes, and sometimes I wanted to thump his head off, and I can say that, and he knows that, and his family knows that because they've said it. But he's a good friend. And I got down that morning, and my mom was called me at 8.30 that morning. And the only thing I could do was just weep and say, God, why? Why, my friend, 
I've buried three friends actually now. Why my friends? Why does this keep happening to the friends of mine, the people that go to our church, people we love, people we care about? Why? And I can't answer that. But as bad as I felt, you can imagine how his mama felt and his brothers and his dad and his stepdad. They all loved him very, very much. They had the funeral. That was a Wednesday, Wednesday night. It was like 11.45 Wednesday night, almost Thursday at midnight, that he died. They had the funeral that following Sunday afternoon after church. But I'll tell you something that amazed me is that Wednesday after the funeral, his mama was in church. She just buried a 27-year-old son. But she was sitting there, she sits about three rows back in the middle section. And we got to singing some songs, and the woman stood up, put her hands in there, and started praising the Lord for what God's done for and how good God's done. You say, where was God in that situation? I wish I could tell you. I don't know. I've asked him why. Uh, God, where are you? God, why are you doing this to your children? They, we love you. Why has this young man got to die so that young man, a healthy man, like that, God? Why, God, why? Yeah, it ain't wrong to ask God why. I don't want anybody to tell you that. You need to tell God how you feel. I've already talked about that. You need to let God know how you really feel. Why, God? And I don't know, but I know this, that his mama came to church Wednesday night shouting down the board, God. You know why? Because God smiled on her, and she realized that. And she knew that whether, wherever God was in this situation, that before it was over with, she was going to be smiling. And she knew that her son, oh, he's a safe Christian, I can tell you that, she knew that he was smiling wherever he was at. Hope that way in God, folks. If you don't do anything else, if you didn't hear another one of my points, let me read, let me just go ahead and say that one more time. Hope thou in God. Amen. Stop hoping in yourself. Stop hoping in your friends and your family because they're good. I love my wife more than I love anything in this world I do. Sometimes my wife can't fix my problems and I can't fix hers. I know I can't fix hers, but Josh. Hope thou in God and God sure will help. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com. Call up yonder. I